Nice to see you. Really good to see you guys from Marcross. Oh, it's great. <laughs> I feel like getting you up here and doing some stuff. And uh, that's, that's next week. Really great to see you. Um, yes. Oh, by the way, Unless and Linda Champion here anywhere? Are they hiding anywhere? There they are. Come on, you've got to stand up. We've got to. They're back. They've, they've, been in, they've been in New Zealand for three months. You've lost Les. You left him behind. Oh, welcome back. Oh, you look, you look kind of as though you've not been, you know, it's summer, isn't it? It's in, welcome back. Tell Les, you know, uh, when you next see him, that it's good, it's good to have you back. And uh, anyone else who's been away and come back, you're welcome too. Um, really, really good. So um, we're speaking about worship this morning, <clears throat> and uh, I, I need some help. Well, you know, everyone knows that. And so this morning, um, uh, the musicians, they're, they're kind of hanging around because we're going to be worshiping, and I've got to, we're going to have loads of scripture, so um, I need some help with, with voice and things. So Angie's going to come and sit over there, and Sue's going to sit over there. Is that right? And uh, there's a big box of um, instruments down there. We're going, to, we're going to have some fun. Is that Okay. We're going to have some fun. We're going to be talking about worship, and um, I'm going to be, I've got three points. See if I can remember what they are. Why is our worship important? Then what should our worship look like? And then what happens when we worship in spirit and truth? Okay, so those are my three points. And by the way, you know, isn't it lovely that the Lord's been speaking to us? You may have spotted it. And no one, the other, the other folks who shared didn't know what I was going to be speaking on. And yet we're already hearing about worship, about lifting your eyes to the hills, about, about lifting your eyes to the Lord, see the, the, just the, the, the glory of God in the book of Revelation and so on. And so, folks, this is what happens when the family of God come together. The Lord speaks. He's here. He's among us. And I'm going to pray now that he'll continue to speak to us and he'll speak to you and me and enrich our, our devotion this morning. Is that okay? The Lord, thank you so much for church family. Thank you for those children, hundreds of them. Lord, it's wonderful. We thank you for the children, and we pray that you'd be with them and bless them as they are in their various classes. And the young, the young people, brilliant. We're so privileged. Church family, we love it. And us too. Oh, come Holy Spirit. Lord, keep speaking. Speaking to us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so number one, why is worship important? And to answer that, we've got to go back all the way. We've got to go back to the beginning, okay? The beginning of the story. Listen to what Psalm 19 says. Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. 
Did you get that there? The heavens declare the glory of God. It's all for the glory of God. When you see a wonderful sunrise, does it make any, if, you get, if you're awake that early, does it make any of you stop and go, wow, anybody? I hope there's a few here who are moved at the, the wonder of creation, the magnitude of creation. It was, it's all for the glory of God. It's kind of singing out. Let, well, let's hear from Job chapter 38. Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. He said, Who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. Did you hear that? About the morning star shouting together. You see, poor old Job was so preoccupied looking in there, he forgot to look out there. And when God sort of said, hey, hang on a minute, Job, just, I want to, I want to change your perspective. And he showed him something of creation. You see, all of creation was made to glorify God. Did you know that? It was, it was all made. The stars, I, I love that, stars singing. Well, why not? And the scripture says, if, if you won't, the jolly stones might, will. It's all for the glory of God. It is the whole of creation. And here's the thing. When you see something, I mean, okay, maybe you weren't up for the sunrise, sunset. Let's talk about that. When you see a magnificent sunset, don't you want to say something to, to someone? Don't you? Anyone know what I mean there? I mean, it might just be, wow. Or it might be, come and have a look at this. I hope it does. I, re- I know it's been grey for the past few days, but I tell you what, if you get up early, often the sun's just wonderfully there. Folks, it's for the glory of God. Listen to what C.S. Lewis says. He says this, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. It's not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is not complete until it's expressed. I love you. It's, folks, it's this expressing completes the wonder. I've told you here loads of times the story. When we were on holiday on an island somewhere in the Mediterranean, we're having a meal up up a hill looking out over the island, at sunset. It was just so spectacular. People started clapping spontaneously. They just started clapping. And I wish I'd had the, the courage and the Spanish to say, let me tell you who you're celebrating, who you're worshiping. It's all for the glory of God. And when I see, I, I was privileged some years ago. I'm going to make you envious now. I'm sorry. I know it's the middle of winter in, in, in England. I, 
I got invited to go to Hawaii to do some teaching. Oh, what a hardship. And, oh, beauty, colour, magnificent, wonderful. Put your head under the water and all the colours of the fish. And it, you, I tell you, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And I like to think when I see beautiful, colourful things, and it's true, that's for the glory of God. In some way, that is bringing glory to God. Why did God make thousands of species? Not just because he's abundant. For his glory. <laughs> to reflect his glory. Do you get it? It's true. I know we know the world. We know the world's broken. It's in the book. But it's still a magnificent ruin, as someone once said. It's beautiful. You are uniquely able to express it with words because you're made in the image of God. And you, unlike all the rest, or even like the most spectacular sunrise, you can do something more. You can use words because you've been made in the image of God. And I want you to encourage you to use words. And here, I'm going to use it. I'll probably say this again later on. But when you worship, you put yourself at the very center of God's best plan for your life because you were made for the glory of God. Every time you worship, whatever's going on around you, the world might be falling apart. Whenever you worship, you're putting yourself at the very center of God's best plan for your life. I want to do that every morning, don't you? Come back to that later. So it's, it's what we were made for. But there's a bit of a warning. See, the thing is, We're all worshipping something. We were made as worshippers. And if we're not worshipping God, we're going to be worshipping something else. Bit of a warning. Listen up to this from Psalm 115. Not to us, Lord. Not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. Why do the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. But their idols are silver and gold made by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, noses but cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel, feet but cannot walk. Nor can they utter a sound with their throats. Those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. Ooh, did you hear that last bit? They, those who make them, they're going to become like them. We, we, we become like what we worship. You don't, just think about that for a moment. If, what's the most important? If, if the most important thing in your life, I don't know what it might be, but if you, you, you can see it in the way people just get wrecked by the things that they worship. It wrecks you. J.B. Phillips, a Christian writer, he said, you've probably heard it before, there's a God-shaped vacuum in each one of us. There's a God-shaped vacuum in each one of us. And worship is the way we fill that place. And if you are obsessed with something, you're effectively worshipping it. And it's going to impact your life and what flows out of your life. That's what the Bible says, because you're a worshipper. You were made to worship God. And if you're not worshipping him, you're going to be worshipping something. 
Okay, we're going to worship in a moment. And we've got, that's why the band are here. Augustine, writing quite a long while ago, he said it like this. Lord, you've made us for yourselves, yourself, and our hearts find no rest until they find it in you. Let's worship. We're going to worship just about the... I don't know what we're going to worship about. Kev's got a great song. We're just going to worship. You're a worshiper. Do the thing that you were made to do. Put yourself at the center of God's best plan for your life as we worship. Kev, would you lead us? We'll stay here. We might as well. Let's stand, please. There we go. Right.
I mean, we could go on and on, but you don't want me to go on and on. So do take your seats. I hope you now know why worship is important. This is what you were made for. It's the highest calling on your life to worship the God of creation. I hope you're doing it. I hope you do it when you see something beautiful. Instead of saying, oh, that's nice. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so that's what, why worship is important. Secondly, what should our worship look like? Okay, well, listen to Exodus 15, and let's see what was going on there. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? And now listen to 2 Chronicles 5. All the Levites who were musicians, Asaph, Heman, Jeduthun, and their sons and relatives, stood on the east side of the altar, dressed in fine linen and playing cymbals, harps, and lyres. They were accompanied by 120 priests sounding trumpets. The trumpeters and musicians joined in unison to give praise and thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, the singers raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, He is good, his love endures forever. Then the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud, and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. Did you get that? What, what should our worship look like? Well, there we see in the Old Testament, there's singing, and it's loud, and there's, what was it? Was it 120 trumpets? And there's cymbals, and there's, uh, the, it was just full of music and song. And, and there's times we're going we're gonna to get, get the instruments out in a minute. It, folk, yes, what should our worship look like? It's totally appropriate that it should at times be wholehearted and loud and, mu and music and harmony and instruments. I love it when we've got loads of musicians and instruments here. It's, 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 folks, it's all for the glory of God. So that's singing. I hope you spotted that. Singing. Okay. And uh, right, let's have another reading. Listen up to Ephesians 5. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, biblical faith is singing faith all the way through. There's a songbook right in the middle. It's full of song and music. Not all religions are. 
Christianity really is full of song, music, harmony, beauty, worship, praise. It's beautiful. That's what we find all the way through the Bible, singing, song. God delivers them out of Egypt. What's the first thing they do? They sing the song. Miriam burst out in a song. It's happened this morning, folks coming up and sharing, and this is worship in the Spirit, someone coming up and reading a scripture. You can sing it if you like. Please make sure you've got the gift of music before you do that. But you, if, if you have, why not? It's lovely. And sometimes it will, hopefully more, more, more often, I know it's a bit tricky in a big gathering, but on the back end of a song we've just seen, someone's just got some fresh words to add to it. Come and sing them. It's part of building up the church. It's worshipping in spirit. It's beautiful. It's for the glory of God. So we've got singing. Let's put, oh, I, oh here we go. Listen to a, a Pliny, a Roman governor, uh, and... Um, he wrote to his emperor in the first century, telling how Christians in his province had the custom of meeting on a fixed day of the week before dawn, quote, reciting a hymn antiphonally to Christ as God. I think that means a number of them singing together to the Lord. He's trying to let the Roman emperor know what's going on with these people called Christians. And then you've got another guy called Tertullian. He's a great guy. Uh, he's a, a what we call an apologist. Well, go, go, don't go there. He, same century, he wrote describing um, a Christian feast at which, quote, each is invited to sing to God in the presence of others from what he knows of the Holy Scripture or his own heart. I love that. You know, each, <laughs> I'd love to do that. Each is invited to sing in the presence of God. You know, I, oh, come on, come and sing a song now. You, you, come and sing a song. Who, you, no, so I'm not doing that. No, I'm uh, um, <laughs> But folks, isn't that wonderful? And it's just, uh, come and see, we sing a song. If it, if it goes a bit, if you run out of words, that's fine. Do you get the idea? It's beautiful. That's what was going on in the early church. And we just heard from Ephesians 5, singing, what they're doing, they were singing psalms. Yep, we all know about the psalms. They were singing those. And uh, I'm, do you know what? I'm really enjoying at the moment. Um, Songs by Shane and Shane singing the Psalms. I love it. Try it out. Have a listen. Shane and Shane. Brilliant. Anyway, um, Psalms, they sang Psalms and hymns. They would be Christian songs. Sometimes it was the scriptures that they were, that they were using in song, but hymns, we all know about hymns, a biblical truth that we're, we're singing. And uh, what the other words? Spiritual songs. I think that's where there's just an overflow of, of unprompted, overflow of fresh words to the Lord. Beautiful. And that's, I'll come back to why that's really, really important. Um, but let me give you a few words from the Bible because to, to fill out this thing of worship and praise. There's one book, one word, um, there's one word called yada in, in the Old Testament, and that is, is translated praise usually. But the meaning in that word, it really means to, to hold out the hands. In fact, it means to throw. It, I, I did think about bringing a box full of tennis balls this morning and... Uh, pass them around, and the idea is, Lord, this is for you. Do you see it? That's what that word means. It means to throw. And, and that's why we sometimes do that, some of us. We, oh, Lord, it's, it's because the word means to throw. I, maybe I should have brought those tennis balls. What, a, what fun that would be. Lord, as we sing the next song. Just that, that, that's what the word means, okay? There's another one, toda. Um, that, again, means the stretching out of hands. Oh, God. 
It's, you see, worship in the Spirit, it's, it's all of us. And these words are inherent in the, right through the Old Testament. There's another one, you'll recognize this one, halal, okay? And that means praise. Hallelujah, okay? Halal means to praise. The Yah, but it's the, it's Yahweh God. So hallelujah, it's just declaring praise to God. And there's another one, sabaka, which means praise with a loud voice. So sometimes that's, that word's used. And um, in fact, it's sometimes the word, it's translated glorify very often. It means with a loud voice, which is a cue. We're going to worship now, and we're going to, the instruments are going to be handed out. And we're going to, I invite you, if I had tennis balls, I would give those to you, but just be, it's for you, Lord. It's for your glory. Don't be, don't be shy. You're amongst friends. We're just going to do this, uh, this, this Shabbat and this, I won't go through those Hebrew words. We're going to do that stuff now. We're going to express ourselves in worship loudly. And then uh, we'll do something else. So let's stand together. And Kev's got another song for us. Instruments out. Children, we want your help here. Really need your help. Are you able to make a loud noise? Is it possible? Can you make a loud noise, please? We want a loud noise. Kev. Shout to the Lord all the earth. Let us sing. Power and majesty. Praise to the King.
sing that with me. Lord of the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to the King. You, Lord, do take a seat. Do you know what? I, when I was young, it was thought a bit irreverent to take guitars and things into church. <laughs> oh, bring them all in for the glory of God. But that's not the only way that we worship. Listen up to Psalm 95. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture the flock under his care. Today, if only you would hear his voice. I love that. You know, he starts off, yay, singing and it's loud. And then he starts to think about, God, you made the sea and, and the, the skies. And, the, and it's just such a sense of the glory of God. It's kind of, he's on his knees. He bows down on his knees and and, and so our worship can be, it can be noisy, it should be noisy and, and celebratory. It, it, should, it, it should also be on your knees in, oh God, you're amazing. In fact, here's the thing, I mentioned to you a moment ago about one of the words for, for worship is to, is to stretch out your hand. You can do that with every part of your life. In fact, that's what the Lord wants. So even if you, if you, you might not enjoy your job very much, okay, during the week. Think, you might think of tomorrow and go, oh no. Do you know what? You can go into tomorrow and you can, as it were, stretch out your hand to God. God, it's for you. It's for you. And so whatever you do, it's for the glory of God. So it's not, this is important, really, really, really important. But you can worship, I hope you worship on your own through the week. But not just in the, when you're, when you're in, on your own somewhere, but 
walking into today, God, this is for you. Children's workers downstairs, you can, you can serve on children's work as part of your worship. Lord, it's for you. It's for you. It's for you. Isn't that beautiful? This is what worship is. It's, it's, all, it's all of life. Did you notice in Ephesians 5, it said, from your heart to the Lord. In other words, it's something of you. Lord, this is for you. Do you get it? So it can be loud. It can, I mean, we're not going to do the next song because we're running out of time. Um, bowing down. I, oh, why not? It's wonderful. Sometimes when we're here, just that sense of wonder. Oh, Lord, you're astonishing. Now, this is it. I'm going to finish with my last point. So what happens when we worship in spirit and in truth? Just remind ourselves. Let's hear from John chapter 4, the words of Jesus. Sir, the woman. <coughs> Sir. Oh, by the way, I ought to say, woman at the well, dear lady, she, she's an outsider and she encounters Jesus. Sorry. Sir, the woman said, <coughs> I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Beautiful. Okay, so worshiping in spirit and truth, it's all focused on Jesus. Spirit helping us, spirit and truth, it's, 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 it's grounded in the wonderful truth of, of, of the word of God and where Jesus fits into that. But let me just outline now, when we're worshiping, when we're worshiping in the spirit, when the Holy Spirit's helping us, sorry, um, so, okay, let's just run through. I've got four points here. The first thing, worship in the Spirit changes what flows from our lives. Worshiping in Spirit changes what flows from our lives. That's what that Ephesians 5 passage is all about. Paul's saying to these folks, be really careful how you live. Be careful how you live Monday to Friday. Be careful. Don't get, there's two imperatives here, don't get drunk on wine like everyone else is. I won't go into the gods of Ephesus and so on, but the god of wine and so on. Don't, don't, don't get drunk with wine. Don't, don't do that. That, that, because that leads to all kinds of stuff. And he, he talks about the, just the unrighteousness and bad stuff that happens when people get out of control. Don't be, be filled with, 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 don't get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? There's, there's, there's kind of a parallel here. It's because it's going to affect what flows out of your life. If you go the way of the world and just get intoxicated with all the, whatever the culture's got around you, then uh, that's what's going to flow out of your life. 
But if you are a worshipper, if you know what it is to, 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 to do things for the Lord, to enjoy him, to, to, to worship him, it will affect the flow of your life. The Holy Spirit will be able to work through your actions, your deeds, your words, who you are. Okay? So that's the first thing that it does. And, I mean, this is... I, I could preach the whole time on this one. Our culture is, I mean, you look at the social media, it's so full of angst and anger and intolerance and blah, blah, isn't it? It's, am I right, or is it just me? It's, it's true, isn't it? The culture, that's what's coming out in the culture. Oh, Lord, may something different come out from your people. Loving kindness, grace, patience, tolerance. Hey, wouldn't let that come out of our lives this week. If to worshiping in spirit is going to affect what flows out of your life this week. Please don't let it be anger and angst and or blah blah blah. Please let it be the beauty of the presence of Jesus in you. Words, deeds as you go. Okay, so it affects what flows out of your lives. Secondly, worship in the spirit. Singing is how we keep filled with the spirit. Okay, as we sing and worship on a Sunday, it refreshes us. As you do it on your own at home, to take time to worship, it, it, it will refresh you because the Holy Spirit loves to glorify Jesus. It's what he does. And the moment you, on your, on your own own, you start to sing, Lord, I love you, I worship, I won't, I won't sing, I won't voice. The Holy Spirit inside you says, oh, that's what I do. And he joins in, it refreshes you. So worshiping the Spirit will refresh you, keep you full of the Spirit. Listen to Hendrickson. He wrote this. Worship will enrich you with the precious treasures of lasting joy, deep insight and inner sanctification. It will sharpen your faculties for the perception of the divine will. You'll get to know God's will as you worship. I've got a beautiful, isn't that beautiful? Just got two more. Worship in the Spirit brings encouragement to you and those around you. Now, this is important. One of the reasons we meet together corporately to worship is so that when you're worshiping, it's not only glorifying God, it's actually blessing those around you. That, it's, that, that's, what, that's, what, that's what Ephesians 6 says. Singing to one another. Now, we don't kind of sing worship. We're worshiping God. But somehow, when we worship God, the Bible says... We're blessing those around us. That's why the gathering together in person of the family of God, where possible, I un- please, I know some can't, you can't make it, but it's, it's, what, it's, it's beautiful. It, it's what we build one another up. We don't do it for that reason. Hey, listen to me. I'm going to really impress you this morning. It's not that. Just you worshipping the Lord will encourage and build up those around you. It may come through a word that you bring, but just you where you are worshipping. Please, that's what the Bible says. Worship will build up the family of God, the people of God. Okay, Jack Hayford. I told you about him. Jack, he went to be with the Lord last week. He wrote lots of songs on, lots of, he did write songs. He wrote Majesty, Worship is Majesty. He wrote that song. He died last week. Anyway, he wrote this. The fullness of the Holy Spirit produces a life of profound beauty. Let me say it again. You become like the God you worship. By the influence of worship, the entire direction of your life is established. Folks, there's so many things here. I hope you're picking it up. Changes what flows from your life. 
keeps you filled with the Spirit. It encourages you and others. I could tell you how it strengthens. I could take you to 2 Chronicles 20. When they started to worship, God gave them victory, set traps for the enemy. But here's the last one. I'm going to stop with this. Worship makes us more like Jesus. When you worship, you're becoming more like Jesus. Why do I say that? Well, 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, All we who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed, that metamorphosis word in there, into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is spirit. Metamorphosis. When you worship, you're going to become more like Jesus. And that, do you know what? That, that's the point of it all, to be more like him. You were created for his glory, and ultimately that comes about when you become more like Jesus. And so when you worship, it's going to make you more like Jesus. I, I, can't, I, don't, I don't understand this, but it's one of The only other place where that word metamorphosis is used in the New Testament is on the Mount of Transfiguration. When they saw Jesus, when they saw the, the everyone was just, whoa! That's the same word. It's the only other place. Well, there's one other. It's in Romans where Paul speaks about being renewed by the, be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Okay? It's important word. So when you worship, it's changing you to be more like Jesus. Anyone here like to be a little bit more like Jesus? Oh, I hope so. And I am glad. And I want to just say to you as I close, please let this be the rhythm of your life. Let it be the rhythm of your life. I'm going to, there's a slide going to go up now, I think, which you probably won't be able to read. I want, but can you read it? There it is. No, can you read that? This is, this is a, this is, that's, that's the sun rising from the, um, over the earth, taken from the space station. I've got this on my wall. I go into my loft, my special space. And it's written by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who he died for the glory of God, executed and listen to this. I love this word. At the threshold of a new day stands the Lord who made it. Therefore, at the beginning of the new day, let all distraction and empty talk be silenced. That means turn your iPhone off, okay? It means get rid of the social media first thing. Don't go there first, please. Do not go to social media first thing in the morning. Don't. Let the first thought and the first word belong to him to whom our whole life belongs. Dear folks, these dark days, aren't they? They're dark days. There's some angry voices out there. But Jesus is raising up his church, salt and light, to go in the name of the Lord Jesus, to, represent, to, to, to bring everything to him. Lord, this is for you. I'm living for you, Lord, today. I, you know, I can't, I, please, I, I honestly, I think morning devotions are essential. Now, don't get condemned about this. Of course, there's times you can't, but... You know, when you wake up, I don't think for most people it's instinctive to start thinking about the Lord and, and worship. It's probably thinking about, oh, blah, blah, that's got to happen. Oh, I've got to do that. Oh, blow. Or, I don't know, stuff, stuff, stuff. And you can quickly get into social media. I, I plead with you, don't, don't do that. If it means going to bed early, a bit earlier at night, why not? This is the, the priority. It affects the shape of your life. It's, 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 let the first thought and the first word belong to him to whom our whole lives belong.
Worship matters, folks. And the Holy Spirit wants to help you. He's your helper. He's the comforter. And he wants to help you. So let's stand. Kev's going to lead us in a, I don't know, probably not the bow down song. Um, any song you like. I love that. Anyway, no, you do what you like. Lord, we're here for you. We want to live for you. We want to go into this following, this coming week for you. Lord, I know lots of us here, there's challenges. There's, there's potential heaviness around. There's, we're not unaware of those things. But Lord, thank you. You've given us this wonderful access to you, to your presence. And thank you, you've given us the Holy Spirit to help us worship you and live for your glory. Come, Holy Spirit, flood our lives, we pray, and point us to Jesus. Amen.